gather all of the people, the elders, the children, even the babies. Pull the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry in between the entry room to the temple and the altar. Let them pray. Spare your people, Lord. Do not let your special possession become an object of mockery. Do not let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, Has the God of Israel really left them? Right, so like I said to you, we're gonna we're gonna be leading into the practice of Lent. And I know from last week um, that, that many of us have very little little sort of experience with it. Some of us kind of have vague recollections of what it is. So these, this today, and also actually over the next um, Sundays of Lent, are going to just be an, an invitation to just lean into this practice, the practice which um, in many expressions of the church and faith is a well-worn track. And so in many ways I'm going to channel my, my inner salesman, um, I used to be a, a greenhouse salesman I saw someone this morning beforehand. Um, and so, so I'm going to do that as a way of just putting it out there and seeing if this would be something that you could um, say yes to. And that is really the, one, of the, one of the hearts, one of the kind of the whys behind the why of Lent is this thing of saying yes to and no to. For everything that we say yes to, we say no to other things. And to everything we say no to means there's something else that we've said yes to, to something else, as I say. And, and really, as we lean into this, in, in 2023, as a culture, there are a few things that are more culturally um, opposite to, to the time that we live in. Both, both the culture within the church, as in like, Christian culture, as in the culture we carry around with, um, but also outside the church. We, we live in a culture in a variety that values things like productivity, things like speed, things like um, efficiency. We, we love excess. Our culture is, is enamored by it. Well, why is it that whenever a new thing comes out, it's, it's faster, it does more with less, it, it, it um, you know, bigger, better, greater, bigger, better, faster. And, and if, you're, if you aren't sure, if I've got to convince you, <clears throat> if, those, if you don't really believe that those are the values of the culture we find ourselves in, then just what I'd like you to do is pause and think about who are the heroes of our culture? Who, who are the one, who are the winners in our culture? Who does the world say are, is, well, what, what does the world call beautiful? What does the world call successful? Who are, who are the celebrities and why of our culture? And yet Lent, and this tradition that, that I'm inviting us, would love to invite us into, has a different set of values. It's the value of contemplation. 
the value of simplicity, the value of restraint, the value of, of quietness. And we, we all know that it is very difficult to say yes to that latter group of values. Especially when, as I've said, we live in a culture that is bombarding us with the former. That first list. And Lent is an annual rhythm to build our spiritual muscle. It is about saying yes to a set period of time for the hope, for the desire to live out of the values that will form us and transform us to be more like Jesus rather than the world we find ourselves in. A couple of people are somewhat convinced on this Lent idea. Don't worry, I'm just getting started. <laughs> You know, the values of productivity, of speed, of excess, of efficiency, they are brilliant if our goal is capitalism. But if our goal is to be made, to be formed like Jesus, those very values are a cruel and vicious master that we can serve. If, if our goal is to, for our inner spiritual life and the outworking of that, that inner spiritual life into the things that we do and the places that we go and the way we treat others, if that is about being like Jesus, that first list of values does own, the only thing it will make us is greedy, of self-centered, of impatient, of anxious. They do not Form us in the way of Jesus. Lent is a practice that undercuts all of those values and causes us to slow down. To slow down in a culture that only values speeding up. Lent says yes to so much of what the world says no to. And Lent says no to many of the things the world just says yes, runs after, clings to. Lent is about walking slowly in a culture that screams for us to run. It's about slowing down. It's about pausing. It's about remembering the basics. On Wednesday, I, I did, I ran our, or led our first Ash um, Wednesday, which is the official, in the tradition of Lent, it's the official start of it. Don't worry, you've got time to start today. So look, it's, it's not too late, but wait, there's more. Um, but but in, the, in the tradition, I, I, and I kind of was like, when I was thinking about it, I sort of thought, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough season. Um, and, and so I was kind of like, oh, do I do something, do I do something new? Because I'll feel really bad if I do something and no one turns up. Just a bit of an inside, inside. 
And then so it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to set myself up for that. That could be really painful. And, and I kind of don't need to make, I don't need to generate things to be painful. I just know it happens naturally. So um, unfortunately. But what I got to the place of is I was totally okay to do what I did if no one else turned up. I think. <laughs> but people turned up, so I don't know. But, but I think, I think I would have been okay. Probably not. Edge was like, no, you would have been horrible. Um, I, and I probably would. But, but one of the things that I loved was in the tradition of it. So what you do is, oh, part of the tradition is, one, you get to play with fire. And as a child, I used to get my biggest, biggest spanking. And that was when you were allowed to spank. Um, my biggest spanking ever was my dad leaving with this big bonfire and saying, do not play with fire. And it was like, oh, that's like entrapment. Of course I'm going to play with fire. What do you want about? Actually, I'm not sure. Um, but, and then I thought, but I'll play with the fire, but I can see where he's gone, and, and I'll be able to see him driving back from where he came. But he took the long way home and came around, and I was one of those horrible childhood rooms where he literally got behind me and said, what are you doing? Mid-fire, like, I was like, right there. I was like, there's no even getting out. I can say, oh, I'm done. You know? Anyway, but um, I've got totally off track. But um, I just, I love the reminder and, and kind of the basic harsh reminder of Ash Wednesday, even just a couple of people that were there said, was even the smell of the ash. I didn't do the forehead. I feel like I've got to earn my right to do the forehead. We did, I did the mark of the, of the cross and ash on, on the back of people's hands. And so it was um, even just the smell of it and just the reminder again that we are all from dust. And, and the basic that, and as followers of Jesus, all of us, dust is where we will return. There is a part of us that, that, there, that death is a part of, of life. And I said then, and I'll just briefly, because you weren't there, as a bit of a thing for next year, is that in, even in our acceptance of life and death being part of it, there is, there is a whisper of rebellion that as followers of Jesus, we know that that's not the end. That there's something more. That even in that, there's more. You're coming around to this one thing, eh? This lot of I'm not selling used cars, or you'd be all going out here with a used car, right? <laughs> so, so Lent is the quiet, consistent reminder that no amount of productivity, no amount of efficiency, no excess will, one, stave away death. And no amount of running around and racing around will ever lead us away from our sin and our shortcomings. That we can't race around enough that they won't catch up to us. But Lent is the reminder of not what we can do about our, our death or our sin, but it's about what Jesus can do and has done and will continue to do.
So whenever we um, kind of go into something new, there's always a really big question that Angela loves when I ask her, which is, so what? So, so what? Why, why Lent? Like, what does that, what does that really matter? Why, why, should, why should I do it? Whatever your level of understanding of it is. And there's a couple of really big so what's for Lent that I want to just put out there. So why should we do it? Isn't it just another thing to do? You know, remember we don't, you know, it's almost like sort of, we can think of it as it's very easy to sort of fall into, even in embracing the traditions of Lent, to, to go under the values of, of the world, the culture we find ourselves in, and have it be like something to overcome, something to hurry up and get through, something to be able to tick off and say, I've done that, therefore I'm okay, or whatever, whatever it would be. And so what, what are the whys behind Lent that, that will cause us to encounter Jesus in a way that we may not without him? And so, so there's a few things. Um, one of the things is, that for, for many of us, like this would be, so anyone that was at the, the Ash Wednesday service, um, hands up if that was the first Ash Wednesday service you've ever been to. Yeah. So, and for many of us, the, the practice or even the thought of Lent, there's a, there's a level of, of novelty to it. You say, oh, it's something new. I've kind of heard of it, but I'm not too sure what, what it's all about. But the point is that when, when you embrace the tradition of Lent, the novelty will wear off very quickly. And that's a good thing. Because one of the whys behind Lent is that, that rightly so, like the scripture I started out reading this morning, is, is there's something about the same scriptures being read, the same gatherings, the same ash crops, the same the same cross, the same reading, the same liturgies that have happened year after year after year, that hundreds upon hundreds upon millions upon millions of followers of Jesus have made a well-worn track in this journey of Lent. And we can find something of the why of Lent in the reassurance and the trustworthiness of this is a well-worn good path. This is a good place to go. Good comes from this. I love, um, I quote him quite often, but Henry Nowen was a, was a wonderful, wonderful man, great theologian, great teacher, but he writes that our life is a short opportunity to say yes to God's love. That's what saying yes to Lent is about. That's our first why. Our second is this. Lent is alive with opportunity. Now, we've used that word quite a bit in our own language in recent times, and, and it's the, the idea or of, that there's, there's more, that, that God has something more for us. And, and I'd like to use... Um, the, the why of our, excuse me, the why of Lent being the opportunity for, we've got, we've got opportunity when we think about the spiritual, our spiritual life or our spiritual formation. 
And I'm gonna use, steal a little bit of a metaphor that N.T. Wright uses in one of his London studies with the idea of, of it being like a house. I want you to think of your spiritual life, your, 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 the formation of, your, of who you are as a follower of Jesus, like a house. And for many of us, that house gets a bit dusty. It gets a bit cluttered. It's a bit disorganized. It really is just the, the lack of attention of when, you know, like, you don't actually have to do much for your house to get dusty, do you? It just happens. For things just to get a bit tired, for things just to sort of be a bit disorganized. Um, I know for us, like, we, um, we, after we got COVID, which was just before Christmas, wasn't it? Um, one of the things you sort of, you know, you feel awful and whatever, and it was terrible and you're trapped inside, and, um, was we both were like feeling better. We thought we gotta get out of here. Let's, or we got once we were feeling better, we decided we need to do a big clean. Like our house just felt like dirty. And so we, we did this massive clean. And I think Angela was down, we had areas of the house that we each cleaned, but Angela was down the hallway and or down in our bedroom and down the hallway. Path that we literally walked every multiple times a day. But started looking up and seeing the cobwebs, the spiderwebs everywhere. And it was sort of that thing of like, I can't believe we walked past this so many times and not seen it. Or, or just sort of being like, um, you see it and then you think, oh, I must do something about that. And then and then everything else happens and you get busy and you do whatever. And so so you sort of carry on. And so that in many ways is like that there are so many things about our spiritual formation, about being a follower of Jesus, that you think, oh yeah, I've, I've got to get to that. And then, and then you don't. Lent is about a time of being purposeful about cleaning our house. And yet there's, and then, and you wait, there's more. And she right goes on to say, like in, in his metaphor, and yet it's not just about cleaning, it's once, we, once the house is clean, there's, there's even more than that, that it gives opportunity for God to say, or, or for us to consider, well, what if, what if the sofa would look nice over here? Or, or we move the TV from that wall to that wall. You know, Lent is an opportunity where we can actually think about, what are we saying yes to? And, and what's, what, are the, what are the fruits of the things that we're saying yes to? Even good stuff. And what if, what if that stuff looks different over here? And what if there's opportunity in moving that and seeing who knows what can happen? It gives us an opportunity to reevaluate our life, reevaluate. The, the things that Jesus is saying to us, the invitations that he's extending to us. What if there is more? I love this, and I'm going to quote it again. This is from N.T. Wright. When God forgives, God does so not in order to just bring us out of the red, you know, like in sort of in accounting terms, I assume. But, you know, like he doesn't just bring us back to the black. He doesn't just wipe out the debt. 
to, to, he doesn't do so to merely give us a zero balance. God does so in order to guide us into new opportunities, new callings that he's had already in mind for us, and we just weren't ready for it. Our focus, the focus of repentance and of forgiveness that Lent gives us opportunity for, serves as, will serve the purposes of the more that God has for each and every one of us, the opportunities and the possibilities that he has in store. Anyone convinced? Just as a final part, we needed um, three minutes. It was actually just longer than three minutes. And so what, what I want to do, or what people are going to do in these Lent, this Lent series, is give a, a weekly kind of opportunity to embrace Lent. If you don't want to do a full 40-day, this is going to be seven days, just from now until this time next week. You can give it a go. But the one I want to present to us this morning is, who, anyone have an Apple, an iPhone? If you don't, we'll pray for you later. Honestly, <laughs> is there anything else? No. But what I'd like you to do is um, just swipe left. Right. right. Uh, yeah, that's the other And get to your um, status of like where you're, you're from. So you're in your own thing. So there. Get to that. And just look at your daily, or go, go back to the week. Look at your weekly usage. Now, so we, there's some smile giggling. No way, not public. Not, not so anyone else will see. But like, I gotta stop and think about. So I just spent three minutes of silence. Three minutes with, with my heart being aware of and, and inviting God. In, in the, in the, in the really what is the practice that Jesus modeled over and over and over again. We've heard it, we've said it, you know, how Jesus over and over and over again left the crowds, left the this, left the social media, left the iPhone, left all of the things, and he went away to a quiet place. So we just did three minutes. In your own time, have a look at how much time you spent last week on my phone does breaks it down into social media, entertainment, or productivity slash finance. I think they've been very generous with that category. You know, very generous at the last one anyway. And just look at the time. So our challenge, my challenge to you, to us, this week, is to change the balance. That's all it is. It's saying no to this and saying yes to what we just did before. Did anyone notice the birds when we were quiet before? Like all, all I'm inviting us into, all we're being invited into is to be aware of God's wonderful surroundings. To say no to this and what it represents, 
and say yes to him. So that's my pitch. Why don't we stand? Maybe next week we can compare weeks on our usages and whoever's got the biggest um, change to get a chocolate. But see, the salesman's never done. There's always a little bit of a, a little bit more, you know. But Father, I thank you for your invitation. I thank you for the practice and the well-worn path that Lent presents to us. I thank you for each person here today, and whether whether it means a lot or whether it has even even kind of negative connotations of, of kind of a legalistic past or, a, or whatever it may or may not represent, we know, God, that it is a tool that we can use to get closer to you. It is an opportunity that we can embrace that allows us to be formed in the way of Jesus, not formed in the way of our world. It is a time where we can be still and walk slowly in a culture that wants to run fast. It is a call to repent, to turn, to turn from all of the things that, that we do consciously and all of the things that we get swept up in, in in our world around us, to pause, to stop, and to turn and say no to those things and say yes to you, Jesus. It's an opportunity to do something about those cobwebs that we kind of know are there and we know we probably need to do something about it. Lent is about being able to do something in this time. To just trust that God has something so much more That no matter how dusty or how disorganized or how messy or how neglected our that part of our life feels, Jesus, you want to come in. And so I pray this week for us. I pray for the many little yeses to being in your presence. I pray for the very loud um, and powerful no's that that will settle. That you would give us courage to continue to say yes to you. And I do pray, Father, that you would, we would see your faithfulness to move. We are reminded, God, in, in the scripture that we read this morning, that you are slow to anger. That your compassion is so great. That your love is so unfair. That when we turn to you in repentance, you are not waiting with a big stick. You're waiting with your arms wide open, 
you'll run into us to embrace us and to restore us. We pray and thank you for each person here. And I just ask that you would meet them this week in Jesus' name. Amen.